Good morning, everybody. The parable of the workers in the vineyard couldn't have come at a more appropriate time. There are two ongoing strikes that are going, that are happening in the nation. One is the workers, the, the United uh, Auto Workers strike, and the other is the writer's strike. And then one just got over, which was the UPS strike. Now, both these strikes that are going on and the strike that just got over, they have got to do with workers and wages and benefits and justice and the common good. Folks, when we encounter injustice, we seek justice. It's the right thing to do. But justice is not just about our relationships on a social level, but we Catholics, Christians, believe that justice is a divine virtue. We know God to be just. Think about this, however. When we have done something wrong on a personal level, and we come before God, we don't seek justice. We seek mercy. Here then is the dichotomy. The dichotomy is that we know God to be just, but we expect to be treated with mercy. In the Christian tradition, God is known to be both just and merciful. Where do justice and mercy meet? So we have a parable in today's gospel reading. It's called the parable of the workers in the vineyard. And in so many ways, this parable addresses the question of God's justice and God's mercy. And just to recall the parable, a vineyard owner invites laborers to work in his vineyard at various times during the day, but pays them all the same wages, which causes the ones who came first to be disgruntled. So that's the parable. So in my three points today, I want to talk about the issue of God's justice and mercy, and where do justice and mercy meet? How do we bring these two concepts together as one um, concept that we can understand? So I want to begin with almost the end of the parable where Jesus says the first will be last and the last will be first. Now to understand the connection between justice and mercy, we must begin with the moral of the parable of the workers in the vineyard. The moral that Jesus said is, thus the last will be first and the first will be last. What does Jesus mean when he say that? Unless we understand that, it's difficult to understand the concept of justice and mercy that go together. You see, Jesus was accused of associating with disreputable people, and it's an accusation that Jesus never really denied. 
He himself said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. But the so-called righteous people, or the so-called religious people, in Jesus' time, thought like many of us do. God and heaven are for the righteous. Jesus turned this thinking on its head. In the parable, by giving equal wages to those who came at the end, the vineyard owner was not denying the righteous their due. God did not take anything away from those who came first. Indeed, God was being just because God gave them what God had said that God would give. However, by giving the same wage to those who came later, the landowner was being merciful. So through the parable, Jesus was giving a very simple lesson. God is accessible to the righteous and the sinner. However, the righteous people began to take offense because the landowner was being generous towards the one who came towards the end. In their thinking, either they deserved more or the people who came later deserved less. That's the only way for them to work out the justice part of it. But you see, God does not think like us. In today's first reading from Isaiah, we hear, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. So as Jesus' ministry progressed, it was the tax collectors and sinners who responded more eagerly to Jesus. The righteous people, on the other hand, were losing out on God's presence that was being revealed right in front of them. And that's why Jesus says, the last will be first, and the first will be last. As a practical implication, what does this mean for us? It means that we righteous people, we religious people, we who come to church every Sunday, we should avoid the temptation that the religious leaders of Jesus' time fell into, the temptation to control God's thoughts. Today's readings teach us not to play God. God is both just and merciful. Those we consider unworthy also have a chance at eternity. The first will be last. The last will be first. The merciful God allows the sinner and the saint to access God's holy presence. So in my second point, I want to return to that original question. Where do justice and mercy meet? Once again, let us look at today's parable for an answer. When the people who came first to the vineyard grumbled against the landowner, 
the landowner said, are you envious that I'm generous? So the answer to the question, where do justice and mercy meet, the answer is the word generous. In fact, the parable of the workers in the vineyard could also be called the parable of the generous vineyard owner. See, those who came early to the vineyard got their just reward, whereas those who came late to the vineyard experienced God's mercy. Both justice and mercy flow from God's generosity. Both the righteous and the sinners, the first and the last, can expect eternal reward because of God's generosity. Folks, this is one thing that I, if, if you forget everything else in this homily, don't forget this. Eternity is not something we earn. Eternity is God's generous gift not just to us, but to all. So as a practical implication for the second point, let me say this. Whether it is the auto worker's strike, or the writer's strike, or our family life, our relationships at home and at work, or our attitude towards the poor, the struggling, the disenfranchised, and those on the periphery, and even our relationship with creation, the generosity of God, which encompasses both justice and mercy, is the key. And finally, I want to return to the parable that we heard last Sunday. Remember the parable of the unforgiving servant? So there was the servant who owned who owed the king a huge debt. In justice, the king sentenced his debtor to prison until he had paid the last debt. However, moved with compassion and mercy, the king forgave his entire debt and let him go free. The parable was meant to showcase the generosity of God, both God's justice and mercy. However, the parable was also meant to convince Jesus' followers that they have the religious obligation to spread the generosity of God. The debtor's refusal to share the same compassion with his fellow workers was contrary to God's generosity. So folks, yes, it is true. When we come to the confessional, I'm sure all of us go to, for confession at some point, when we come to the confessional, our God, our just God, our just God treats us with mercy. Now when we come out of the confessional, it is our task, our task to let God's generosity go viral. The only people who lose out on God's generosity are those who begrudge God's generosity towards others. And we lose out, not because God is not generous and merciful, but because we refuse to impart God's generosity to others. Every Eucharist is an experience of God's justice and God's mercy. 
When we came for Mass this morning, we stood before God as a community of sinners. And that is why we began Mass by pleading, Lord, have mercy. God could have condemned us because God is just. Rather, God had mercy on us. The Christian community leaves the Eucharist as a reconciled community. All of us will go back from this Mass as a reconciled people. And now God is sending us forth to make God's justice and mercy and generosity viral. So as you leave church today, be sure to proclaim that God is just. Be sure to proclaim that God is just. But in your actions, let the mercy of God become viral. Because God is just and merciful and generous. People of God said, Amen.